G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. The 22-year-old, originally from Adelaide, now based on the Gold Coast. His dream big was the hashtag and he's done it. He wins the Dunlop Super 2 crown in 2017. He gets down the inside, Todd Hazelwood, that gets him on the podium. They will be cheering at Brad Jones. Hazelwood has the armour all pole position mark and that got you animated, it was fabulous. Wasn't it good? What a superstar performance by young Todd Hazelwood. Yeah, you can't argue with Mark Scaife there. He is our feature interview. Thanks to Ryko Filters. Ask a mechanic for Ryko Filters. Please welcome from Brad Jones Racing, the one and only Todd Hazelwood. Thanks, guys. Great to be back on the show once again with you all. And like you guys said, it's race week. Bring it on. Boogity, boogity. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go racing, boys. Hey, uh, Todd, Matt McKeldin here, mate. Congratulations. Um, it needs to go to you because although we haven't finished the season, the big one for you, obviously, is essentially you're coming home. You're coming back to Matt Stone Racing. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, yeah, great to be returning back to the team. That gave me my first shot in a supercar, and uh, obviously we feel like we've both got unfinished business and can't wait to team up once again for the next two years. Obviously, it's a really exciting time with supercars going to Gen 3, and I feel that the team at, at, at Matstone Racing are really well positioned. So, uh, yeah, obviously the news today of Jack LeBrock also being signed. They've got some great news coming uh, in the future as well with some great additions to the team. So, yeah. You know, they're going from strength to strength and can't wait to be a part of it and go racing um, into next year with the team. Hey, mate, uh, just wondering, was there any tense moments? I mean, there's been a lot of seat shuffling and we're like, where's Todd going to go, you know, when, <laughs> when things have... We thought, you know, you were obviously leaving BJR and then when Nick obviously announced that he wasn't going to be there, we're thinking, oh, maybe Todd's now going to be the leader and then we're like, what's going on here? So was there any tense moments through those months? Oh, look, like, as you guys know, it's, um, this game doesn't stop even when the racing stops. There's plenty going on behind the scenes. But, yeah, Matt reached out to me and, um, you know, it was a pretty straightforward deal, to be honest. So, um, look, it was a pretty easy conversation with Matt. Obviously, we've worked together in the past and, you know, once I understood what was put in place, it was a bit of a no-brainer from my point of view. So, uh, yeah, look, it's, um, yeah, it's one of those things that, as you, as you guys have seen, there's been plenty of movements. It's, <laughs> You know, it's yeah. funny, at the start of this year, I thought once COVID interrupted our sport once again, I sort of thought to myself that, you know, maybe there won't be so much movement because everyone will try and just get through this year and go into Gen 3 with some form of stability. And, you know, I certainly got that wrong because even myself, <laughs> you know, where there's been people going left, right and centre and I can't even keep up with it myself. So it's, yeah, it's certainly been a pretty brain-frying last few months, but um, you're honestly just super happy to... Yeah, to be returning back to the team at MSR, and you know, as I said, we've got unfinished business together, and yeah, can't wait to see what we can what we can do. And will you move move back to the Gold Coast, Todd, or are you going to stay in Victoria or wherever you live at the moment? Look, to be honest, I can't wait to move my stuff out of Melbourne. <laughs> I moved to Melbourne and started last year, and I've hardly been there since, to be honest. So <laughs> the joint basically kicked me out of there. So I think that's a good excuse to just pack up and, and leave. Yeah. So um, look, I've always wanted to be 
close to a team and you know part of my reasons why I moved to Melbourne was to sort of still have the hustle and bustle of being in the city but still be within driving distance to BGR and um, obviously yeah that all finishes up so after Bathurst I'll go home and I'll pack up my bags and I'll, I'll move once again so like all drivers I basically live out of a suitcase anyway so it won't take yeah. too long for me so it's all good. <laughs> hey mate last time you were at MSR speaking of MSR you, you were basically on your own weren't you? You know, it was a brand new team, fresh into the main game from Super 2. You'd won the Super 2 championship. A little bit different story now. You know, they've they've obviously had a few seasons under their belt with a couple of young drivers, and now you've got Jack LeBlanc Brock there as a, as a solid teammate for you, um, obviously, to, um, to bounce ideas off and try to develop that team forward. Is that going to be uh, – is that exciting for you, obviously, considering last time you were there you were, you were the, the Lone Ranger? Oh, you've hit the nail on the head there, Steve, to be honest. Um, and, you know, as you said, the capability of the team has stepped up massively in the last 24 months since I've been absent from the team. Obviously, just from the outside looking in, you know, as you said, you know, they've gone from one to two cars. They've stepped up the, the, the capability both at the workshop and what they do at the events, both on and off track, is a lot better. Um, so, yeah, look, if, you know, that was part of my reason of returning because I can see the potential of the team and, and also what they've got in place moving into the Gen 3 era as well. You know, they're a team on the upwards trajectory um, and I've always been a big believer of, uh, you know, what the people in charge there are capable of doing. So, yeah, from my point of view, it was an easy decision to make because of those reasons. And, yeah, as I said with Jack, you know, I've raced alongside Jack since Super 2. We had a pretty healthy, um, solid, um, also, I suppose, sort of rivalry in Super 2, but we always had a pretty good level of respect for each other. And, you know, really looking forward to working with him because we're probably at a similar sort of point in our career where we're hungry for more. We've both driven a triple eight equipment as well. And, you know, hopefully we can put our heads together and come up with some, you know, some good packages to for us to both get some good success. So, Todd, listen, just between you, me, Nimsy and Steve, just four blokes at the bar. Chatting at the bar. Chatting at the yeah. bar. No one's listening. No one cares. A bar, that, a bar that also has like about 20,000 people also tuning and texting in. But, um, Shh, don't, don't say yes, that. Don't say and that. who's sharing this link? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, what, what, what happened? Like BJR has, is typically a long-term home for people. Um, there seems to have been a bit of a, an exodus, obviously, out of BJR with yourself going and Nick going. What happened? What, what happened there? Have you divorced amicably or, you know, is it a bit – is it not very nice? What happened there? No, look, from, from Brad and I's point of view, we're fine. Um, I don't really know what happened between Nick and Brad. That's probably a, that's probably mm-hmm. a worthy of another podcast, I would say. Um, <laughs> but uh, look, from, from Brad and I's point of view, look, uh, we sort of, we've been in discussions all year about what we do going into the future. And yeah, look, it's just one of those things. We, we both sort of agree on what, what, where they're going, where I'm going. And it's, yeah, we just, I suppose, agreed to, to separate and, and go different ways. So, uh, look, no hard feelings. Like like I uh, I said to Brad, and he said, look, we've we've worked together multiple times over multiple years in the past. So, you know, I'm a big believer of never burning bridges. You always want to try and end things on, on a good note. And, you know, yeah. who knows? You never know when we can end up back together again in the future. But, yeah, so yeah, from Brad and I's point of view, it's just, yeah, one of those things. But, you know, I had a, I had a great opportunity at MSR to, to progress my career and, and have also have some stability with, a two-year program put in front of me as well. So, um, yeah. Yeah. It's just, yeah, like as you guys know, it's, it's one of those things and, yeah, try not to burn your bridges along the way, basically. Oh, that's exactly what I was going to say, man. If there's any advice I can give, being a middle-aged bloke out of the sport, <laughs> not an old bloke, uh, never burn your bridges because it's such a small industry, isn't it? Um, you know, supercars and, and the top 
top tier of, of motorsport in Australia. It's, it's very... Uh, it's a very cutthroat. small niche, isn't it? It's a very small yeah. niche. Oh, it is. It is. You know, everyone knows everyone, and whether whether it be engineers, pit crew, drivers, everyone sort yep. of works around with each other in some way. And you know, I've always been a big believer with motorsport. Although it's you know, we put our, our heart on our sleeves and we're passionate. And we want to get success and this, that, and the other. At the end of the day, it is a big, big business. And if you're not business minded, and if you don't treat these elements that are put in place for a reason, um, it'll bite you on the backside. There's no point getting emotional or or upset about you know whether someone doesn't want you in the team or if you know things change over time there's no point getting angry about it you just got to learn from it and deal with it and then you know one, like anything one door closes another one opens so uh yeah that's what yeah so so last time at SMP uh, it's a track where you got your first podium you and the BJR cars were actually really fast there last year so i would imagine you'll be hunting down a bit more of that silverware that you got i know it's a different like it's a totally different uh, race format and that sort of stuff with regard to soft and hard tyres last time. I, I know you've got them there, but I don't think you can mix them. Am I correct? You can't mix them this time? Well, there's that many different formats. I can't keep up. So I've only read the first, <laughs> yeah. the first weeks of sub and I thought I'll, I'll just summarise that one and then remember that because otherwise I'll forget what I'm doing this weekend, to be honest. So, uh, yeah, look, it's um, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Yeah, As you said, you know, we had some good success there last year. Our cars were fast. Um, we were on track for a really good result in the first weekend there before we had a roll bar failure. Um, we were sort of on track for second, if not a fighting for a win potentially. But and then the second one with the two two fight two tire format, we got a podium, which was great. But um, yeah, we sort of went away from last year at SMP thinking that we should have probably done better, but didn't. Um, like everyone sort of summarises their weekend, I guess. But we generally felt that we should have been on the podium both both weekends there, and we'd come away the third. So. Wasn't all bad, but you know we're certainly highly motivated to go into the next four weeks now with a, a you know hopefully a, a proven package that we can you know put the car on the track, be competitive, and be fighting towards the front, and ultimately try and finish. Or, or I suppose start where we finished our last event in Townsville. You know we're only we finished fourth in the last race that we did in supercars, so um, you know it'd be great to continue that form and, and keep punching towards the front of the field. Do you like racing at night, mate? I do, yeah. It's uh, it's cool. You know, I, I was actually only having a conversation with a friend here just before, um, saying how how nerve wracking it was uh, driving in the dark in 2018. But they've since yeah. uh, done a, a lot of work and investment in, in the lighting and the facilities there, and it's fantastic. It's everyone loves driving and racing at night. The cars feels like they're going about 100 k's faster than what they actually are. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, it should be cool. I actually did a a night of racing speedway carts the other night, and that was under lights as well. So I sort of feel like I've got the edge of my competitors i've done a bit of night racing behind the scenes and no one knows about mm. it so hopefully ah, i'm in a good go. position right there you go <laughs> very nice very nice because uh, you know you've been on pole before in the championship well i don't know once you get there you know what car you've got right and you know what situation you're in you know you know that every week you are not necessarily going to have the fastest car but once there you are you know on pole it is is it frustrating, Todd, to know that you don't have the consistency of car every week to whack her up on pole? Yeah, and it's a battle of the mindset too because you, you want to get your mindset in the, or in the frame of mind that you want to be hungry. You want to try and get everything out of the weekend absolutely possible by you know heavily investing time into what you need to do. But at some, at some stages, it actually becomes quite demoralising and puts you in the yeah. wrong frame of mind because you get so frustrated because you're not getting the results that you feel like you should be getting with the work that you're putting in. So you kind of get this catch-22 process of 
don't work yourself up too much, but work yourself up enough so if something does happen and something does, you know, if you do get the right car and the right opportunity and the right setup window and all the other stuff, all your worlds align, that you are actually ready for this and, and you're capable of doing the job. So, um, yeah, look, it's it's one of the unique things in, in, in particularly high-level professional motorsport where, you know, the, what's perceived as, you know, an equal playing field and this, that and the other, but there's an array of challenges to actually be successful and, you know, that's where I dip my hat, my hat to the guys that are at the front and, and winning all the time because that's at the end of the day that's the unique thing with motorsport. You know, we all all drivers are good, um, and all, all the capabilities of all the people and personnel and players are all good. But at the end of the day, you, you need to have every aspect absolutely nailed to get success. Whether that be having the better sponsors or this, that, and the other, it all there's a big list of reasons why people don't get success in motorsport. So until you until you're absolutely nailing every element, you got to You've got to sort of be realistic with yourself and go. Well, that's what, that's why we're not being, yep. why we're not winning. So, yeah, um, yeah. You know, I sort of try to bring it all back into real life perspective to try and not, you know, on the days that aren't going well, sort of put. Okay, I know why. So, um, but when the days are good, I'm, I'm fit and ready for it. And we hope that when Gen Three rolls around at the start of 2023, um, that sort of inconsistency is going to be less and less between the haves and the have-nots in our sport. I'm hoping. I mean, I know that's what the that's what the thought process, as it is with Formula 1 and the 2022 rules. So it's going to be interesting to see how all of that plays out. Um, mate, you've been very generous with your time. Just I've, I've got one more, and then Stevie's got one more for you. But this weekend, SMP, under lights, traditionally we've seen the teams get a little bit funky, get a little bit wild, get a little bit silly. They put on funky liveries and, and LED lights in the cabin. And Is neons. What can, neons. neons. What yeah. livery can we expect from you this weekend, your major partner? And have, have you guys gone and, you know, strung a set of LEDs underneath or anything like that? Oh, I haven't spoken to Brad yet about what he's got planned, but I could probably do something funky inside the car just for a laugh if you guys want. So I think absolutely. I could, uh, put a Christmas di- lights inside the car. Yeah. Or, <laughs> yeah. A disco globe would be perfect. <laughs> let the imagination go wild. I don't know. Come up yeah. with an idea and let me know. <laughs> it's not like they're going to fire you, mate, or you're going to have to leave in protest because yeah. you're out of there. So go at it. Go hard. Exactly. Uh, hey, speaking about the last, speaking about his last race, Bathurst, mate, you um, – you must be pretty pumped. You got Dean Fiore with you, and he's he's a good steerer. He knows what he he, he yeah, yeah. Alphonse. He knows what he what he can do. He's solid as um. He, he you know I don't want to put the moz on you here, but he doesn't make mistakes. He <laughs> oh you he's didn't say uh, that. I, I did say you that. didn't say that. No, but oh, I, I trust Fonz. Bad luck, so it's all nah, good. It's all it's good. Right. <laughs> just you know, I mean, first things first. Apart from talking, your you know obviously your co-driver up. Are you gonna wear like chamois loafers to the to the track like he does <laughs> yeah look at it yeah we'll be working with the fonds is pretty cool um yeah look i i haven't had that much to do with dean to be honest until um the start of this year and i you know big push for me was to have someone in my corner for bathurst biggest race of the year with someone yep. with experience like you said steve someone that's done the job very solid understands the role knowing that you know nine times out of ten you're going to have someone that does a very good job and puts you in a good position for that last end of the part of the race. So, um, yeah, look, oh, he, I was super impressed with him at, at our test day early on in the year. Um, he just jumped in. He was like a duck to water, never driven the BJR car before. His feedback yeah. was awesome. Sort of liked the way I, I was, my mentality of setting the car up and stuff. And, yeah, we get along really well. And, yeah, looking forward to Bathurst because, you know, I've 
you know, Bathurst has been one of those places for me where I really haven't had a strong run. I've, I've got the, probably one of the worst stats. I haven't actually finished Bathurst on a lead lap yet um, since 2017 till this year. I've had a horrid run, um, and every year, basically, I've worked with a rookie. And being a rookie myself at Bathurst, I do understand the challenges, but it's somewhat sort of hurt us in the last few years of trying to ultimately, yeah, get that result and, and you know, be in the hunt towards the end. So, yeah, big push for me, as I said, was... Uh, yeah, get Fonz in place this year and, yeah, looking forward to seeing what he can do because, as you said, I think he's going to be a, a great asset for the team and I, for, for Bathurst, and, you know, love to finish the year on a high. That would be awesome. And, and he he wanted to drive with you knowing you haven't finished one on the lead lap yet? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't tell him that. <laughs> I didn't tell him. <laughs> but, um, no, nah, yeah, nah. it should be good. You've done. You've. You. It's a. It's a super co-driver there, man. And I. I, I know him really, really well. Super He's solid. raced for DJR in the past, and I can't speak yeah. highly enough of him. Yeah. So I think you're going to have a great time down there. Yeah. Thanks, Steve. Yeah. I, yeah. Couldn't. Couldn't agree more. So as I said, look, I hadn't had much to do with him, but everything I've done with him this year has been really impressive, and yeah, just a really cool, down-to-earth guy as well. Um, so yeah, I feel like we get along really well. Well, Todd, you've been incredibly generous with your time, mate. But um, we, we'll let you go and. Go well this weekend at uh, at SMP and the following weekend and the weekend after that and and then the weekend after that. <laughs> the weekend after that. So, but uh, but uh, I think we we're all absolutely stoked to see the the homecoming of you going back to MSR and and don't sell yourself short too because I mean when when you left MSR at the end of 2019 uh, you know they were a different team you're a different team now you're coming back they, they've they've shown that you know they can qualify cars towards the front. You've, you're a proven pole getter. You've got a podium under your belt. So this is going to be a match made in heaven. And we're really looking forward to see what you guys can do next year. So uh, go well for the rest of this year. And we can't wait to see what happens in 2022. Yeah, thanks, guys. Really appreciate the time. Great to have a chat with you all. And uh, look forward to uh, hopefully chatting towards the end of the year. And yeah, bring on 2022. Fingers crossed there. That was uh, Todd Hazelwood joining us on the driver's seat. Our feature interview for Ryko Felders, Asking Mechanical Ryko Felders, the professional's choice. Sorry about the noise. My neighbour's sanding his deck. My motto, don't work on your deck, play on it. Life's good with a Trex deck. Low maintenance with a 25-year residential warranty. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.